Zoe, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate you being on here. And before I give a little second for you to do your intro, I kind of want to give you a shout out as to why I wanted to have you on the show. And cool thing is, is you're my first guest on the podcast so far, and I couldn't be more excited to have you. And I think the reason why I kind of wanted to get you on here and why I think this is going to be such a good episode is because you and I have had the the luxury of knowing each other for the last couple of years now, doing a mastermind together and following each other on Instagram. And I, I think our styles and our message align a lot. And I, I really connect with you. And I, I love your Instagram and how you're very real, but you're also very, you know, tips and tricks on how to maximize your nutrition in the kitchen, how to do things different, how to spice it up to better hit your goals, but to also make it more fun in the process as well. And I, I really like that a lot. So um, there's a lot of guests that I could have on the show and I, I'm happy that you're here with me today, but for the people who don't know you just kind of give a little intro and tell us about who you are and, and kind of a little bit about how you got to where you are today, career-wise stuff like that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to be the first guest and um, you know, yeah, it's, it's so true that we've been able to kind of see each other grow in business, but also, you know, I think our friendship has developed as well. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. So yeah, I'm Zoe. I, um, ha- I have been a dietitian since 2018. So coming up on four years now and it was quite a journey. I did a lot of different things um, throughout my my years as a dietitian. I started out as a clinical dietitian, moved more into the wellness dietitian role in that same hospital where I started working with the employees on a more like one-to-one coaching counseling type basis. And that's really where I kind of fell in love with that aspect of working with people, having that connection and helping them through on a, on a more consistent basis, reaching their goals. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I actually moved then to a, uh, role in the, at the air force base where working more kind of with active duty military members, which was really cool. Got my toes more into that sports nutrition realm, which I was you know, kind of more interested in, but ultimately I, uh, it, it led me to start my own business. And so Zoe Schroeder nutrition has, um, been in business for about, uh, I guess a year and a couple months at this point, it's crazy how fast 2022 is going by, but we'll just not even address that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I never really, you know, I kind of had the idea of, it'd be really cool to have a private practice, but I was very, uh, I I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say anti-social media, but I didn't have any social media before starting the business. And I loved it to be honest. Like it was great. I wasn't attached to my phone and that sort of thing. But when I decided that, oh my gosh, this is how I can help so many people doing what I'm truly passionate about and not limited to who is right in front of me. It was like a no brainer. And then I just went all in full force, made the Instagram, made the Facebook group, all the things. Um, and I couldn't be happier that I did because in this past year, you know, not only have I been able to help a ton of people, but it really has helped me grow as a coach, as a business owner, you know, personally and professionally. So I'm really, really excited about 
where I'm at right now and, and what's to come, but also so grateful for the pathway that got me here, even if it felt a little convoluted at the time. Hey Amen. I, I feel the exact same way with how we started. I think I graduated in 2018 and got my first job then as, as an RD and we're taught in school that there's a finite amount of jobs out there that you need to take and you need to capitalize on and that you need to kind of get into as you graduate your internship and graduate school and kind of start your career that way. And when I was kind of going through my first years of being an RD, I don't know about you, but like certain jobs that you have, like, it just, it wasn't waking me up every day. It wasn't exciting me. It, it was, it was cool. Like everything was how it was supposed to be, but I knew that there was something different. And I think being in the online space, it's, it's, we have a job that's been created, I think, in the last five to 10 years that, you know, people 20 years ago couldn't even fathom like this being actually a thing. So I think the opportunity and being able to realize that, hey, there's a market and there's an industry and a space that we can exist in and that we can help people and we can we can really speak our message and, and go beyond what we were taught in school. I, I feel the same way. And I, I have a very similar route with working in clinical and then transitioning to online and then going full, going full time for myself online. And it's been so rewarding kind of throughout that process. And I think, you know, something you alluded to is just with sports nutrition and fitness, and you're somebody who is very active and is promotes a very active lifestyle and, and has a history of kind of your own fitness journey. Why don't you just kind of share a little bit about that and kind of how you got to where you are today and, and kind of the, the journey of your own nutrition struggles and, and how we've been able to arrive at this point. Yeah. Um, so just thinking about kind of that fitness piece, I guess it all kind of ties in. So, but, um, growing up, I had no hand-eye coordination, so I didn't play sports, which led me into running, which was great. Cause I could just do it and just trip occasionally and not mess up the game or whatever. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I ran to keep active cause I, I liked being active and then basically in college is the, when I kind of I went to a big university and so there was this ginormous, beautiful rec center and, um, you know, big, nice weight room. And then there were all of the cardio machines kind of in the semicircle looking down on top. So I was just happy on my elliptical for, you know, an hour and just kind of continuing on with that cardio mindset because I had avoided lifting weights. I was scared to lift weights because I didn't want to get too big or bulky or manly or whatever. Um, just cause you know, I was, I, I didn't know. And, and it's funny now, but you know, it has to kind of go through, everybody has to go through their own process to get there. And that was part of mine until I had a friend that was like, Hey Zoe, like let's work out together. And so she kind of showed me a little bit the ropes in terms of like how to get started lifting weights and that sort of thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this. This is something I can do and be good at and not it have to be associated with sports necessarily. Um, so I liked that um, to be able to push myself, right? Because I've always been a very driven high achiever type person. So being able to push myself in this area to really kind of got me going. And so then from there, I became a personal trainer uh, because I wanted to originally actually just learn more for my own training. And then, you know, was able to transition that into training clients and teaching group classes kind of part-time as I was in college. So that worked out really well. But um, in terms of my nutrition, this is kind of all kind of happening around the same time is 
you know, I didn't start out my, my college career with my degree in nutrition. I don't think anybody finishes what, well, I don't want to say not anybody, but most people change it sometime. And I think that's important. It's part of learning and growing because it's unrealistic to expect a 18 year old to know what they're going to do for the rest of their life. That's just my opinion. But, um, so the fun kind of funny background is I, so I started as pre nursing. I wanted to go to nursing school, did everything I needed to do, got good grades, was in the, I was in the club. I was volunteering, doing all the things. And I got denied from nursing school three times. That's why it took me so long to graduate. Cause I just, kept, I was like, this is what I got to do because I thought that it was what I needed to do. I, it was going to be a good job, a secure job. I could get a job anywhere, but I did not want like kind of reflecting as I was going through those, that, that time of, you know, being denied from nursing school is like really caused me to have a lot of self-reflection and realize that, wait a second, I don't even want to be a nurse. Like this is, does not sound fun to me at all. I don't even want to work in a hospital. So that made me kind of reflect on, okay. So I had taken a gen ed nutrition class and I really loved it because I learned so much. So then I started researching how, you know, like what a career in nutrition. So when I learned what a dietitian even was, and then, you know, of course I switched my major and went from there and it was great because not only did it help ignite this fire inside of me for my career, but it also was this light switch for me in terms of my own nutrition. So, you know, I think all dietitians kind of go through their own struggle with nutrition. That's kind of what plants that seed for us. So for me, kind of going through the first couple of years of college, I was exercising a lot. I was eating very, very little, like it's, I, you know, it's common and we're always looking for the, the quick fixes. Right. I remember I could probably even find it on like way back on my Pinterest. Now there's like this, they called it the military diet and it was like two hard boiled eggs and cucumber for breakfast. And it was just like this super strict and I, and it was for like, whatever, three days do this. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to help me look like these fitness models that I am striving to look like. But of course that didn't happen. Um, so anyway, basically I, once I started diving more into the science of nutrition and applying what I was learning in my nutrition classes to my actual life, like doing this practical application experiment on myself in, in addition to trained it, changing my exercise from, you know, cardio based to weights based my my body composition transformed. I was eating more. I was actually nourishing my body and fueling my workouts. I felt so much better. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And now that's really what makes me so excited and passionate about sharing this with my clients, because most people that I start working with start in a very similar spot or feeling like they're trying all these different diets and nothing's working. And I can be like, let me show you the light. And it's so exciting. Absolutely. And I, I always like to say like a lot of coaches out there, 
become the coaches that they wish they had at one point along their journey, whatever that may be. And when I get on kind of discovery calls with potential clients in kind of the early phases of my coaching with, with people, a lot of times I get on the call and it's like, we do a similar thing of what I asked you today. It's like, how, tell me about your journey. Like, how do we arrive at our call today? And a very similar experience, right? You get into fitness by running or doing cardio because it's very accessible. It's very easy. It's something you could do. It's a very low entry point into fitness and it's amazing, right? And usually people can kind of graduate to the fitness classes or the spin classes or the different kind of group training, the Orange Theory, the F45, the Fit Body Bootcamp, like all of these things. And kind of like, as you alluded to, you know, you try these diets and these, these extremes and we're looking up to these fitness professionals and these people online. And that's what we want to look like. So what do we do? We go to the max with our nutrition. We go to the max with our calorie burn and with our, you know, kind of cardio and, and, and more hit style training, thinking that that's, what's going to get us, you know, to look like that. And I think a lot of times when I'm on calls with people, like people say the story to me and, and, honestly, everybody, even myself has a similar experience getting into fitness and, and kind of transitioning into different modalities and in priorities and goals as they continue to kind of check things off the list. But people often look back and think it's, it's a journey and it's been something that they're frustrated with. And they miss that opportunity to look back and feel grateful for that at the end of the day too. Cause kind of like your nursing, right? Like getting rejected from nursing school three times in a row, like that fucking sucks. Right. And, and a lot of times we point the finger in ourselves and it's, it's something like, Hey, something is wrong with me, not wrong with the system. When in reality, it's, it's finding what works best for you. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to is, is realizing what is important to you and, and doing the things that are going to get you to where you want to be instead of guessing and, and just trying all these things. So totally, I, I, I resonate a lot with that story and, and you have an experience getting into kind of bodybuilding, professional bodybuilding physique competitions too. Is that, is was that something that you had always thought about doing or, or was that where your fitness kind of led you to after going from the cardio, having the friend that got you into the gym and then kind of taking that to the next extreme? I, I call it extreme because it is a very form of extreme dieting and, and resistance training and a commitment. But is that something that was always in the cards for you or is that just something that kind of fell on your plate and you wanted to, to kind of give it a shot? Tell me about that. Yeah, definitely. And it is so true. It's like you well, with being a very like all in kind of person, it's like you find something and then you, you do it as best you can. Then you find the like extreme to take it to. Um, and so, yeah, I would, when I was working in at the gym training clients, uh, I remember it was like uh, something that was talked about a lot and I was kind of like, Oh, wow, that sounds cool. I, I want to look like that. Right. Um, and so researching that a little bit more, thinking about that for a while. And then it was something that I was like, okay, I am going to do this. Now it was during my last semester of school. It was a very hectic time, you know, doing like my honors thesis, trying to getting all the finals done. I was in the process of buying my house. It was a very stressful and inopportune time to go through a bodybuilding prep, but super convenient. For sure. yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's really actually quite funny, but um, wouldn't suggest that to most people. Uh, so basically, I had been thinking about it for a while. And then I, I thought, okay, I'm going to do a practice prep just to kind of dip my toes in see if this is something that I'm willing to commit myself to. Because like you said, it's a huge commitment and um, not something that I wanted to get started with without knowing that I could fully commit. And so I did that kind of a practice run for like a month or something. And 
I was like, oh, all right, I can do this. I like this. I like the challenge. And so then, you know, I did my, my actual prep a couple months later and, you know, dedicated <laughs> lots of hours, lots of meal preps, lots of, uh, lots of sleep and lots of saying no to other things. But ultimately it got me onto the stage. I competed um, in bikini and I actually won both the my novice and the open part. So I was like on cloud nine, like, heck yeah, I can, I did this, got, I, I won and it was amazing. I was kind of like on that cloud nine, um, but also had that, okay, been there, done that, don't need to do that again kind of feeling. Totally. And kind of just hearing that story, you had a very results driven kind of decision that you wanted to make. And regardless of whether it was a perfect time or not, that's something that you decided was important to you and being able to kind of look at the trade-offs, look at the responsibilities that were you know, required of yourself and being able to make the decision like, Hey, all of these decisions, all of these sacrifices, all of these trade-offs are worth it to me for the end result, whether or not I win, whether or not I get on stage. And I think that's really important to, to kind of point out because a lot of times when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to fitness, we all want to look like potentially you and the people who get on stage. Like that is the epitome of fitness that a lot of us think about. And that's the physique that a lot of us are working towards and that we see, you know, so much online. And a lot of times what I, I realize and, and having worked with clients for a while, we all want that, but not everybody wants to do what it takes to get there. Right. And there's somewhat of this disconnect of, Hey, here's the result. And here's the goal that I want to get towards. But usually people fall into two brackets with this. It's people want that result, but they have no idea what it actually costs to get there and how long it takes and what the sacrifices are needed and, and how you need to completely change your life and identity for a period of time in order to get those results, right? They're not even accounting for that in the decision-making process, or they know that they need to make some trade-offs. They know they need to work out more. They know they need to maybe do more meal prep and eat less away from home and, and potentially track food for a period of time. But what they think they need to do is actually 10x that, right? So there's sometimes this disconnect of, hey, this is what I want, you know, but sometimes what you want isn't always what you're willing to give at the end of the day. And that's okay. And that's, I think as coaches, what we're here for is being able to, you know, get somebody, talk about their goals, what they're working towards, give them a roadmap of, you know, what is actually possible and, and what they could do based on their lifestyle and in their willingness to kind of put forth these different efforts to get to where they want to be and letting you decide what is worth it to you or not. Right. Because a lot of times we tend to sacrifice our, our best life and our social life and, and things that matter to us and different foods to reach a certain fitness goal. Right. And, and sometimes we sacrifice our health and our diet and our fitness and our nutrition. And we don't even consider that because we're trying to live our best life. Right. When in reality, we need to meet somewhere in the middle. We need to marry those two together. We need to find something that works for you. And from what it sounds like that period of prep and, and fitting that into your crazy life schedule, like that was something that felt super accomplishing, but you haven't done that since. Right. And just give us a little insight of when you were in peak shape and, and stage ready in that week or two after what were the thoughts and emotions? Was that something that you knew you wanted to continue? Because this is a unique time where a lot of times people don't feel very good. We go to really extreme dieting measures and techniques and, and, and programs because you need to get stage ready. And it's a very 
brutal process, if I'm being honest. And sometimes that is not our best life. I actually know that that's not our best life. Being our leanest self is not always our best life. Like what were some of the consequences of getting that lean and getting stage ready? And, and why was that something that you were like, okay, did that can cross that off my list. I'm good. I'm never going to do that again. Like, tell me about kind of the decision-making process behind that. Yeah, totally. So, you know, that, that last kind of nitty gritty couple weeks, oh my gosh, like my strength was so far down. I couldn't lift nearly as much as I was lifting at the beginning. Um, my energy levels, I just felt so like you can tell when your metabolism is taking shortcuts, trying to preserve energy wherever it can. And I felt that I felt, you know, extremely tired all the time, but a really big piece of it was this like brain fog because being so, you know, extreme at that end point with the, with the diet and the minimal carbohydrates, it was like, I am seriously feeling the effects of this. And that was tough to work through too, you know, trying to juggle everything of real life also, you know, and then you kind of get on that high, that stage, if you have all that adrenaline going, um, get dopamine hits from that and kind of living on that high for a couple days of like, oh my gosh, this was great. I'm going to do more of these. And then as, you know, that kind of dwindled, recognizing that, holy cow, this is took so much more of a toll on my body than I want to put it through again. And so for me, I spent, I was so dedicated during the prep time that as soon as, you know, I was done competing, I, I didn't give any thought to that after that post show or the reverse diet. And so I just, you know, basically was like threw my hands up and I was done. And I was being able to then enjoy all the foods and things that I wasn't doing before. And my desire to work out went extremely down. I felt like I didn't have any direction in the gym. I was like, kind of, what am I even doing this for? And that really kind of created a lot of disordered habits, you know, dealing with binging and restricting, but more than anything, it took a really big toll on my mental health because here I was with a nutrition degree and yet I was dealing with these struggles after the show. And so I was, you know, it was a period of time. I was pretty, really hard on myself, but also without knowing how to get through it. Like you should know better. Like, why are you doing this? But then not being able to really have the tools um, or the support to get out of it. It just took time. And so kind of piggybacking off of some of those other tolls that it took on, on me throughout the next year, you know, my hormones were super out of whack. I didn't have a menstrual cycle for a year after, um, you know, my, my body dysmorphia, my relationship with food, my relationship with my body. It was like, comparing myself to this ultimate, the super lean person on stage, which is not realistic, which is not, uh, the, you know, healthy balanced lifestyle that we want to be living, but knowing, but just always comparing myself to that was really tough. So I would say it took me about a year to get back to, you know, um, a, a very healthy place in terms of my own nutrition and training and mentally 
So yeah, it was quite a journey. And for that, and, and so that kind of like reinforced my decision of, okay, don't need to do this again. But also when, when clients come to me, I've worked with some bodybuilders before it, it makes me so passionate and so hyper-focused on not just getting them to the stage, but also we're going to spend just as much time and energy and focus in that post-show reverse diet so that you don't have to go through what I went through. And I think that's super important. Totally. And I feel you because as all professionals, right, whether you're a lawyer or, you know, a doctor or a dietitian or an accountant, like you have these roles and responsibilities and you feel the sense of responsibility. Like, Hey, I went to school for this. I do this for profession. I should be an expert in it. And the reality of it is, is like, we're all still learning at the end of the day too. And even in the early stages of our career, like all of those learning experiences are things that we add to kind of our toolkit, I guess we could say, as we kind of progress and, and work with people and learn more about ourselves. And this situation is very unique, but I think it's very relatable to other people going through fad diets, trying keto, doing the hard 75, like trying to do the Weight Watchers for a period of time or doing the, the transformation challenge with whatever local gym that they're doing, like going to this extreme for a period of time. It's something that can definitely kickstart something for you, but it's also something that can lead to other, you know, disordered eating patterns and body dysmorphia and cause people to go to the extreme. And I think it's really important to realize like, Hey, sometimes it takes, you know, going to the extreme. Sometimes it takes going to a place of unbalance to come back to a place and find balance and to find something that actually works for you. And this is a hard time I would imagine for you because you were probably being praised for your physique and for winning. And, you know, this is what the goal was all along and to look like this. And people are saying, Oh, you look so amazing. Like that's probably a really hard time to not having a period feeling terrible, having an awful relationship with food, binge eating, you know, not eating carbs, hormones are all out of whack. Like it's a, it's a very double-edged sword where this is what I'm, I thought I would want. And this is what I'm taught that I, I should want all along, but I'm still not happy with that. And I think it's really important to be able to acknowledge that and to find what works for you and to only listen to yourself at the end of the day. Right. And I don't know. I think you said something about comparing yourself to you and, and looking back of, you know, where I used to be. I, I think comparing yourself to other people is just one of the worst things that we could do. And that's something that we all have been guilty of, maybe are still guilty of at certain times. And, you know, you are the only person that you can compare yourself to, but that can also be detrimental sometimes where we have, maybe it's a mom who had a kid and she's comparing her body to her pre-pregnancy or when she was 25 years old and she's now 35 or 36 and her body has completely changed, right? Or maybe we, we have an athlete that was in school that did all the things. And, and for some reason now, you know, life happened, kids happened, traveling work, like different responsibilities happen. And they're comparing themselves to who they were when they were 20, 10 years ago. And I, I bring all this up because comparing ourselves to ourselves can be beneficial. And, and I do think that you can look back and say, Hey, I've grown in all these areas, but if we're comparing ourselves to who we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when we had a completely different life and responsibilities and expectations of ourselves, like that's also not a fair comparison at the end of the day too. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that. Cause I, I could hear that. And, and I, I, I share similar experiences and I've seen clients go through that as well. So I know that that's more common than not. And kind of pivoting just a little bit here, you know, going into the show, going from cardio to 
kind of getting in the gym. Like that's, that's a scary process for, for females. And, you know, in my experience, and I'm not going to say this huge blanket term, but men have less, you know, obstacles when we get into the gym, it's kind of like something that we're expected to do. And that's a place that men tend to run, right? It's like you go to the gym, most of the people in there are going to be guys. And that's just some of that societal expectation of, Hey, guys go to the gym, ladies do the cardio machines and they do the group classes. Like that's, that's just how it is. But I personally have the luxury of being a guy and not having to be worried about going to the gym and having all of these, you know, thoughts of like, Oh, are the people looking at me? And, and is it okay if I use these machines? Because it's like, I'm expected to be here. It's just this very weird mental shift. And I've noticed that working with females clients, getting them into the gym, getting them comfortable and having that conversation of like, Hey, you deserve to be in here just as that next bodybuilder down using the other dumbbells at the end of the rack. You know what I mean? Like, tell me about your experience getting into the gym for the first time. And have you had this kind of discussion or these obstacles that you've worked through with clients of, you know, how can we get into the gym and get over that fear of getting outside of our comfort zone and trying something new when you know that that is potentially the best thing for that person for that situation? Mm-hmm, totally. So I think it's a, it's a pretty fair statement to say pretty much like what you grow when you're outside of your comfort zone and it can be applied to anywhere in life really, but specifically to this, like, of course there was that fear and that, that self-consciousness of going into the gym and not feeling like I knew what I was doing or that I wasn't, you know, fit enough to whatever. Um, but in terms of with the clients, and this is something that I had to realize for myself and I still have to tell myself (laughs) on a regular basis, but it's like, you're in the gym, you're in your own head and you think that everybody is looking at you and paying attention. And you have these stories, this constant kind of chatter in your mind of, oh my gosh, I look, you know, like, I, I don't look like I know what I'm doing, my, my fat roll here and you know, whatever, all of this negative self-talk, all of this self-conscious stream of consciousness. Um, but the reality is, is that nobody is paying attention. You are the only, everybody else is looking at themselves and thinking the exact same thing. So chances are the person next to you has no idea what exercise you're even doing or what color your pants are not even to mention that if you have a, a you know f- piece of skin going over the, the pants whatever so I really like to highlight that to my clients because yes it's like I, I understand that and I feel that fear of of going in there and trying something new and feeling self-conscious. But the reality is it's just like anything else. The more you do it, the more you practice, the easier it gets. And so the more you show up, the more that you get in there, maybe like put on your music, zone out and know that nobody's nobody cares and nobody's paying attention can help you build that confidence. I couldn't agree more, you know, and it's, Fitness is one of those things where it's uncomfortable for some people, a lot of people, to be honest, right? And getting into the gym and even getting into your first group fitness class, like it's a very intimidating process. And a lot of times I find that those group fitness classes, it's it's a little bit easier to hide in there, right? You can kind of blend in. There's other people around you. You don't have to really come up with your own stuff and you can kind of just go mindlessly do the thing. And, and you finishing that workout means that was a successful workout, right? And you get the calorie burn, you get 
you know, not shitting on orange theory here. I, I got love for orange theory, but you get your, you know, feedback and you get your spot points. Like that's, what's considered a good workout. Right. And when we talk about like kind of hit cardio based training, and we compare that to resistance training, they're very different, right? There's a lot of differences. You might be doing different things with your hit training. And I love hit training group classes because that's a lot of times where people are introduced to picking up a weight for the first time or getting some dumbbells in their hands or doing the TRX bands. And they're doing some form of resistance training, which I, I just fucking love, you know, but what I've noticed is you start to develop this somewhat unhealthy relationship with exercise and your food because of it. And you start associating, Hey, I burned 800 calories today, which we could talk about how inaccurate all of those trackers are, but this is not why we're talking about this today. Um, you know, you burn 800, 900 calories and you start to develop this association between the food that you're eating. And when you're trying to lose weight and then you start to underfuel and before you know it, your body starts to give because you're not fueling enough and you're asking your body to do so much. And people often think that the more calories we burn during workouts, the better that workout is. And did you feel that going from cardio, looking at how many calories you're burning to going to a resistance kind of training program where maybe you don't even break a sweat, you know, you do five movements, you're taking rest. What was that like kind of going from that modality of burning as many calories as possible to going into the gym and doing a different style of training that can, let's be honest, it's when we talk about like different exercises and things that are, you know, healthier for our body, more, less injurious, right. You know, more, um, you know, body recomp, you know, positive where we can develop more muscle mass and we can still kind of chisel out the body that we're working towards. Like if we look at you know, resistance training and hypertrophy, like that's kind of the gold standard that checks most of those boxes. How is it going from that style of modality of working out to another? And did you kind of have a tough time accepting that, Hey, it's not always about the calorie burn. The, the body that I'm working towards also has a muscle building component to that at the end of the day too. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, kind of the, the big thing that jumps out at me in, in terms of my, my thought when you were saying that was, um, I love control. And so <laughs> knowing that I have the control, like knowing that I could have the control of, I want my, all the girls are going to relate to this. I want my glutes to be a little bit bigger, or I want my shoulders to have more definition. And so making that transition, yes, there's a mindset shift of, okay, I'm not only working out to just burn as many calories to earn my food. <laughs> You know, that's that mindset shift too. We are working towards that hypertrophy, building muscles and having the control over being able to say, this is what I want to work on and see the results of that. And knowing that in order to see that result, you have to fuel appropriately. And that's just amazing. I, you know, this is the first time I've kind of thought about it, but I, I truly do feel that that was probably a big piece of why I love weightlifting and why I like the bodybuilding style of training so much is because you have that control, <laughs> which is something that is kind of comes full circle because we think that exerting as much energy as possible is what's going to get us to where we want to be, you know? And, and a lot of times I, I get on a call with clients or we have this physique goal and, and they're trying to work towards something and weight loss is one of the primary goals. Cause we think once we get to this number and this magic, you know, number on the scale that we're going to magically look like whatever we're trying to 
to accomplish, right? And, and sometimes I'll have people, clients say, or I'll say, what, what body composition do you want to look like? Show me a picture that is your goal and what you're kind of comparing yourself to. And I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that person has like 20 more pounds of muscle than you do. You know what I mean? And it just kind of shows that working out goes beyond calorie burn. And when you can manipulate your workouts and, and actually get out you know, of those workouts, what you want to get out of it, working on particular muscles, building bigger shoulders, working on your glutes, working on your quads. Like it's, it can be very enlightening, but it's hard to trust at first. Right. And until you start to see results until you kind of start to challenge those previous beliefs, it's, it's a very difficult mindset to get into. Right. So kind of talking about weight loss, because that's, let's be honest, like that's what a lot of people want. And that's what a lot of people think is the answer. Why do transformations or in your experience working with clients, like do you see people eventually get away from the scale and start to work on other things once you start to, you know, point them in different directions to look and how to change their body composition and, and fueling and actually feeling good? Like, why do transformations go beyond the scale? Obviously, that is a tool that we can use and it's a metric and it's a data point that we can kind of make adjustments based on of, but why why do transformations go beyond the scale? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, kind of right away off the bat with my clients, we have so many different metrics that we measure in order to see progress and measure success off of. So yes, the scale is a data point. It's an objective number, but I also have my clients do progress photos and circumference measurements. And we also keep track of energy levels, sleep quality, mood, the, all these other kind of more I want to feel good. I was doing air quotes. Can't, (laughs) um, you want to feel good, but how do we actually measure that? And so we need to make it more data driven, but one of my favorite things, and I'm sure, you know, I know that this is frustrating for clients, but one of my absolute favorite things is when maybe the scale didn't really move all that much, but they go down inches and I'm just like, yes, like this is what we want. You you got to lose some fat, you built some muscle. And then I explain that whole process of how, you know, muscle is more dense than fat. So your weight's going to be sim- the same. And, but you're, but what we want is to lose fat. I don't care if you lose weight and that weight is coming from muscle. Like that's not what our goal is. Our goal is for you to lose body fat. And so if that means that you lose body fat, but build muscle, great. And you know, the sales scale is the same, or if that means you lose body fat and the scale goes down, great. But kind of talking through that difference and really, and it's a big mindset shift, especially with clients who are used to weighing themselves every single day. And that's something that I work a lot with my clients on of, okay, let's, this isn't helpful because we are tying our emotion for the day, our emotional well-being for the day um, off of this one number that day to day, it's not going to be fat differences. I, I promise you did not gain a pound of fat overnight. Um, so it's moving away from that weighing every day. Maybe we just weigh once, once a week. But a big thing is removing the scale from the environment so that it doesn't create that, you know, kind of temptation to step on it. Uh, So that's a big thing because yes, success goes so much beyond the scale, but it does take work to get through it. You know, like so many things that 
previous thoughts and conditioning, if you thought this way for however many years or your entire life, it's not just going to go away with the flip of a switch or overnight. So it's, it's going to be hard. And this goes for so many things, but recognizing the thought that you want to reframe and actively working on getting over that hump, but realizing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to have to keep practicing. You're going to have to keep showing up and keep reframing that for yourself, but meeting it with grace and kindness and patience to recognize that, hey, I I didn't become attached to the scale overnight, so I'm not going to detach from it overnight. Yeah, this I'll be happy when shit is just got to go right? Mm -hmm. Like I'll be happy when I hit that weight goal or I'll be happy when I look like this or when I fit into that gene size. Like when we start to tie our emotions to the outcome goals that we're working towards, that's when we lose sight of the process and what it's taking and and the identity change that we're having along that way in order to maintain that progress once we actually get there. Um, But yeah, let alone reach that goal in the beginning. And I, I don't know, I, I think for me as a coach, like one of the biggest things, kind of what you just alluded to is getting people away from tying their self-worth from the scale and what they see and letting that dictate their emotions on a day-to-day basis. Like the biggest win for me is getting people to appreciate food and to make different food selections and to feel more confident going out to, you know, social situations and dinner and work parties and getting them to eat at maintenance and eating enough and pushing the higher end of that maintenance calorie range instead of always trying to eat as little as possible and always trying to cut and always trying to be in a calorie deficit because the magic and and the sustainability of your results, like that happens when you find a place and you create a routine that works for your lifestyle. And that looks different for everybody. Right. And I think that's the power of investing in a coach at the end of the day too, you know, and I, I know not everybody has that ability or has that luxury and has the resources to do that. But if that is something that is in your cards, that is something that could save you one year, five years, 10 years of time, energy, frustration, and money, because they've likely been through what you have gone through already. And they have the solutions. I say solutions, but they have a roadmap that they can help get you to wherever you want to be. And they can also help you, you know, maybe come to terms with going back to the trade-offs and and the sacrifices, the things that it's going to take to get to where you think you want to be. Sometimes it takes having an honest conversation of, Hey, this is my life right now. I have kids. I have 40, 50 hours a week at a job. I do the grocery shopping. I take care of my mother-in-law who's kind of getting sick, right? I've been neglecting myself. So expecting your lifestyle to just fit into this new diet protocol. Sometimes that's a coach's job is to be able to help find out what works for you and to have the honest conversations on like, Hey, this is the time allocation that we have that we can commit to for the week. This realistically is where we're going to end up if we commit to this, but when we try and overhaul our life and do all these things, that's just a recipe for that yo-yo dieting and that cycle that just tends to keep repeating themselves for like two to 20 or 30 years. Right. And I don't know what kind of population you work with, but I kind of work with the athletes and the college kids and the people in their mid twenties. And then I have the 60, 65 year olds that I love to death and everybody's got different needs and dieting history and different priorities and responsibilities. And Sometimes it's not always your job to just come up with the perfect solution for you. And we, we have this somewhat ego hit when we realize that, Hey, nutrition is something that we do every single day. We've done it our whole lives, but we still aren't masters at it. And there are people out there to help you with that. You know what I mean? So kind of a weird spinoff, but I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's about the, the goals that you're working towards. That's cool. But how can we get there and how can we make that work for you? Because that's 
that's what's going to dictate your success long-term, right? So how, if you have, let's say a new client that comes to you and it's, I want to get to this goal weight, or I want to get to, you know, this physique or this pant size, do you ever have a client that starts with that one goal, but then ends up realizing that they actually want something else or that they enjoy doing something else? And kind of how do you take the focus off of that outcome goal and put that into somewhat actionable steps for that person? Yeah, totally. So, you know, a a huge conversation that I have with pretty much every client at the beginning is, hey, uh, we're going to do this incrementally and with baby steps, because what happens when you try to change everything all at once, you get overwhelmed and then you don't do anything. Just the same reason why all the fad diets and the extremes don't work or they work for a little bit and then you you have that yo-yo. So I have that conversation of like, hey, we're going to take this and maybe it seems like really slow or like really easy steps, but that's what I want because I want to work towards transforming your lifestyle rather than just throwing this perfect plan at you and and it lasting for a month max, right? That's not the game that we're in. We're in the long game. And in order to do that and commit to that, it takes that conversation and that realization from the clients that, okay, this is not just another meal plan that I get from a fitness influencer with apps, right? This is personalized for me. And this is to help me meet me where I'm at to transform my lifestyle to something that I want, which is that balance of living the best life and fueling your body, you know, kind of working towards your goals. So I think that's really important distinction to make. And then in terms of like having a starting goal and maybe shifting, you know, absolutely. I think a lot of people, especially if they come to me with a specific body composition goal, and the more we work and this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier in terms of realizing that maybe I'm not up to actually make the sacrifice that is necessary to get to that body composition goal, which is fine because then we can say, okay, so let's work on this instead, or let's, it's kind of like tempering those expectations, right. And coming up with a more realistic goal that allows you to be working towards a goal that you'd be excited and happy about without giving up the lifestyle that you're wanting to give up. Totally. And you said, yeah, we're, we're taking the long way. And I, I agree hundred percent with that. And ironically, the long way and what people consider to be the long way is actually the shortest way to your happiest life, your healthiest life, and likely your most accomplished and you being most proud of yourself because, you know, success in, in confidence doesn't necessarily come from fitting into a new pant size or a different Lululemon, you know, legging size. It comes from you actually setting a goal and you taking the time, energy, and effort for showing up for yourself and actually achieving that goal. The person that you become in that process of getting to that new pant size or that new goal weight or, or that new body transformation, like whatever your goal is, or being able to like say no to ice cream at your mom's house and feel good with that. Like that is results for some people, you know, that is sometimes the things that we forget is like confidence and things that we're working towards is it's never going to be fixed externally. It always has to come from within. And I, I think is really important. Like you said, you know, we focus on behavior goals and, and taking small tangible steps because when we start to add so many things at once, that's when we just get overwhelmed, we fail. And without an accountability source, it's, it's really tough to keep going when you're actually not enjoying that process to begin with. Right. 
and honestly, I think we're all guilty of this, but people really tend to overestimate what they could do in a month, right? And we really underestimate what we can actually do in six months or a year. And the reality of it is, is like, if you have 20 pounds to lose, I want you to wrap your head around that. This is probably going to take a year or two at least, right? And, and to be able to maintain that weight loss or to build the muscle that you've never actually intentionally tried to do and to eating in a surplus or to eating at maintenance and, and to adding carbs back into your diet. Like these are things that are habits and routines that you've been practicing for so long. So in order to unlearn them, implement them, and then make, you know, small pushes to the goal that you're working towards, it's tough and it, it takes a lot of time, but you start to realize that that is the shortest way to you getting to your happiest life and you getting to the results that you've been working so damn hard for. Cause we all deserve to get to that spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's, it just goes to show that, you know, we live in such an instant gratification society that unlearning that or being okay with it taking longer is is a mental shift and a reframe that takes some time, but it's so worth it. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. It's a, we live in a microwave, microwave society and uh, really we're just all cooking in a crock pot right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it takes a coach or following positive accounts on social media. Like as cheesy as that sounds like getting rid of all the shit that makes you feel bad and following people who are uplifting people like a Zoe, people who are preaching things that can make life easier for you, working with a coach that has the ability to speak your language and to see your struggles and and to identify like what you might need and, and point you in the right direction. Sometimes that just makes all the difference in the world. So I guess kind of tying this all together, I want to be respectful of your time. If you had kind of one tip, like, let's say we go back to Zoe you, your senior year of college, doing the nutrition, going into the bodybuilding show, or maybe you're transitioning to that and you just still didn't know what you wanted. Like you have those goals. What would be your biggest tip of advice for somebody in that situation or for your past self or for somebody that you've maybe worked with? Like what is a starting point or, and what's your biggest tip of advice or something that you could give to that person to kind of help make that process a little bit easier? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, gosh, tying it back to there when there are too many things to change, it can be overwhelming. So there are so many different things that could be said here, but ultimately finding somebody that you relate to, that you jive with, that you understand and you feel like understands you and have them as a coach and to be able to work through those challenges, but know that you're not alone. And like we said before, saving so much time because it's, I mean, you don't have to figure it out on your own. Like there are professionals. We went to school for this. We're here for you. We want to see you succeed. And it doesn't have to take years of yo-yo dieting and flailing around, not knowing what to do and Googling all sorts of different things and getting even more confused when in reality, we just need to have that professional guidance, but know that there's a big difference between working with a professional and, you know, signing up for whatever, you know, like influencer meal plan program thing, nothing. I don't want to, you know, I'm not being mean, but it's not individualized. You need to work with somebody who is on one-on-one with you to really help you get through and to what you're wanting to get to. Yep. I love that. 
Absolutely love that. And you are who you surround yourself with. I think we've all heard that expression. And if you start getting in the gym and you hang around keto Karen that hasn't eaten a carb since like 2019, like that's likely the person that you're going to be following in their footsteps and, you know, not talking shit on Karen. Right. I like to say keto Kevin on my Instagram. Um, like there are those people, there are people in those camps and there are all those, those, you know, unique situations where those do work for people. Right. But does it work for you? And I always, like I always say, we got to play detective and we got to, we got to find out what works best for you and, and what you're doing now, like compare that to something else. Like it's not either doing this or this. It's like, well, what am I doing now? And in, in compared to what, you know, doing the keto or doing the low carb, doing the super CrossFit, doing all the cardio. Is that better than the traditional Western diet that we eat a shit ton of processed foods, Uber eats, not exercising, getting 3000 steps per day, super sedentary. I'll take that to be honest with you. Like if I'm being transparent, I'd rather have people go into that, you know, camp where they eat more veggies. Maybe they cut back on carbs. They destroy their relationships with that, but we'll talk about that another day, but they get moving, they get exercise, you know, like, is that compared to that? Great. But what about compared to maybe a balanced diet and eating at maintenance and maybe getting on a properly structured resistance training program? Like, is that situation compared to the other? Like, is that better? Like sometimes you'll never know unless you try that in it. It again, it all comes back to, you know, sometimes it takes going to that place of unbalance to get back to a place of balance. So always play detective, always question the advice, the things that you get online. Like Zoe says, find a professional, even if you can't invest into one, follow them, get rid of all the shit that you start to feel shitty about, like comparing yourself to on Instagram. Cause we all have those accounts where we look and we're just in this hole of a 30 minute window watching somebody work out. And it's like, damn, I need to look like that. When at the end of the day, find people that uplift you and, and, accounts that actually serve you and, and make you feel good and more motivated instead of shaming you into something that you actually, you think you want, but in reality, we know that it's not always attainable and not, not always what we want at the end of the day. So I'm going to stop talking. Zoe, tell people where they could find you, um, you know, get a hold of you and, and connect with you. Yeah. So you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram. It's Zoe Shro underscore nutrition. And then go ahead and check out my website, zoeschrodernutrition.com for more of my background, more about my coaching program. And I, you know, I'm so grateful to be your first guest. I think this was awesome. And um, I'm excited to see all that is to come for both of us. Amen. Amen. And I'll link all your stuff in the show notes. I appreciate you coming onto the show and we will talk with you next time. Have a good one today, Zoe. Thanks. Bye, Luke. Bye. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.